Hi coaches, Brian Blackburn here with Pound the Rock Podcast. As always, I want to thank our sponsors through HardwoodTexas.com, Huddle, Waterboy Graphics, Diamond J Metalworks, Tumbleweed Textiles, Jeremy Thomas Agency through Allstate, as well as Modern Woodmen Financial and Landon Landry. Today our guest is Coach Dwayne Gregory from Mansfield Timberview High School. Coach Gregory just finished his 10th season as the head boys basketball coach at Timberview, but has been there since the school opened in 2004. The Wolves just completed their second state championship in three years, and Coach Gregory has one of my favorite quotes I've read from a high school coach. At some point, the ball stops bouncing for everyone. Then you're left with what is in your head and what is in your heart. So, Coach Gregory, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, as we get started with the podcast, just wanted to give some coaches maybe a little bit of a background on your coaching career and where you started off and what, what uh, got you to the love of basketball and the love of coaching. So go ahead and just let us know your coaching tree and uh, how you became the head coach at Timberview. That started a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I coached, uh, I originally grew up in Oregon, and I graduated from high school back in Oregon and came to Oregon State. I got my undergrad there. But I, I started coaching uh, right out of high school. The high school I just graduated from, uh, you didn't have to get certified teacher to coach back there, so my high school coach that I just played for the year prior hired me as his freshman coach, and uh, I did that while I was going to school at Oregon State. And then I came down to Texas, get involved with some small college uh, basketball. I want to try college level, and, and I did that. I worked with Mike Barberat for a year at Houston Tilson College in Austin, and with Rusty Sigler for three years at Concord University in Austin, and uh, Tom Pate for two years at St. Edith in Austin. And then uh, got back together with Rusty Ziegler over at AM Consolidated High School for five years. And then came up here to Mansfield to, to open Mansfield Timberview with Eric McDade uh, 15 years ago. And I've been head coach the last 10 years here at Timberview. Well, that, that's quite the, the I guess, a whirlwind. Uh, tra- made the travels from, from Oregon and what what maybe were some of the biggest differences or challenges coming from a small college coaching environment to a high school coaching environment for you? Yeah, I, I found real quick that I really preferred the high school environment. Uh, the, the small college thing, I did that while I was young and single. I didn't have a wife or a son <laughs> or anything to worry about. And so it wasn't you know, a big deal back then. It, it's amazing how little you can live on when it's just you. <laughs> uh, but at, at the high school level, you know, I, I felt like I was getting the kids at an age where I was able to have more of an impact on them, um, not just a basketball standpoint, but a, but a life standpoint, kind of getting them ready for life after high school. And that was always something real uh, you know, attractive to me as coaching at this level. That that's really good. Yeah, you can live on on very little, and you can also sleep anywhere. I'm sure as a as a college. Uh... Yeah, yes, you're right. You're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I became familiar with you. Uh, we played you guys in the uh, regional quarters in 2012. You had a really good team, and and you had a bunch of juniors that ended up coming back the next year and had a great season. Uh, when I was at Flyer Marcus, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we might have been the first game at UT Arlington's new arena. And That's right, we were. That was the first high school game ever played there. And uh, it smelt new. I mean, that was a cool deal. Yeah. 
It's still, I, I love that arena. That's a, that's a top, top-notch facility, but it, it was really neat to be the first event there. No doubt. And, uh, you know, what that brings me to is maybe your, your coaching philosophy. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, and you guys ran a, a point zone or, or some sort of some sort of zone there, and I was I was nervous. We hadn't seen one of those all year, and and luckily Philip Forte shot the ball well early in that game for us. But may, what are what are some things that have maybe changed for you offensively and defensively over your ten years as a head coach? Uh, I think you know ten years ago we were probably you know ninety five percent, ninety eight percent, maybe one hundred percent straight man to man, and then. Uh, Started to add some zone stuff, and you know, back then when we when we played main, we didn't switch a whole lot. Uh, now we we switch almost everything. You know, I, I always tell people our prototypical Timberview guys about six two and and athletic and have good length, and so we we switch pretty much every position on the floor uh, defensively. And uh, even if we get a little guy stuck on a big guy, we can survive that for possession too if we have to. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're big on on our guys talking and pointing, you know, I say you got to talk with your mouth and talk with your hands and that, that they do a good job with that. So that that's been a big shift for us. That used to be just straight man to man, you don't switch, you know, you stay with your guy and now we, we switch a ton, you know, a whole lot. But that that really is what fits our personnel. Um, offensively we, we play at faster pace now yeah. than than we used to. Um yeah, we. If you saw the state tournament this last year, which you talked to you earlier, you said you did. You know, we we had possession sometimes where the ball didn't hardly touch the ground from right. one end to the other. Uh, it happened so fast, and that's the kids running without the ball. That's convincing the kids to to catch and look rather than what I saw called catch and thump. You know, don't catch mm. and thump or catch and dribble. You know, catch and look and get that ball skipping ahead. And once you pass it. You know, I, I was just talking to one of our freshmen on varsity uh, yesterday about this. When, when you pass the ball, nobody on the floor is looking at you anymore. You're, you're the most open guy on the court because everyone <laughs> turns their head to look and see where the ball went. I said, so that's that's when you take off. That's you know, you're you're. I call old fashioned basketball. You know, give it up, get it back. You know, and uh, uh, we really work in executing three on two, two on one situations. Um, you know, I, I think we've. Done a real good job here the last few years of our our press breaks. People when they attempt to press us, just our spacing and and our movement. Those press breaks is really good. And, and uh, you know, I, I delegate a lot more stuff than I did back then. You know, half court man, I pretty much delegate all that to my varsity assistant Matt, Matt Workman, and he does an awesome job with that. He's been been with me for a long time, so I trust him. And um, he calls the out of bounds plays. He calls most of the half court sets and. And uh, I still have my hand in some of the zone offense stuff, but really, that that's some of the stuff that has changed for me from you know ten years ago. That's that's a really good point. One thing I did notice about your team, anybody can start a fast break, and so that makes your your transition after misses even better, because you know you're not looking to outlet the ball to a point guard. You know you can bust out dribble one dribble pitch ahead, and then everybody's everybody's running, and that you know kind of eliminates you know, two or three uh, of the things that most teams do. Would you agree with that? And your your personnel allows you to have five ball handlers, five passers? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm big on my guys. Be, be versatile. You know, be versatile. Don't, don't be in that. In fact, I stopped using numbers years ago. Mm. People run the, you know, numbered system, year one, year two, year three, four, five. We, 
to, to me, everybody, you're your guard or your forward. And right. I, I expect you to be versatile. And, and, you know, this this year, all five guys that, that started, I, I consider them to be guards because they, they had those skills. They were able to, to fill those roles in, in, in the flow of the game. Like you said, it, it didn't matter who, you know, here's the rebound or who got the outlet or who was running ahead that we could skip it to. Uh, that that versatility just it really makes you hard to guard. No so doubt, the guys share the ball as well as my guys did this year. That that just kind of doubles down on the hard to guard part. For sure, for sure. And I just want to uh, double back real quick to defense. Talking about switching because I, I have some really good friends at the at the bigger school level, five A and six A, and they're in the same boat as you. They really want to switch. Now, when you switch, do you switch to disrupt? Are you switching to? really take teams out of their offense or is it a switch and, and getting more of a packed in defense? It, it depends. There's two different ways we look at it. So we, if we were running what we would call our up two, that means we're up in the passing lanes that we're applying some more pressure. Uh, if we're what we call our contain, then we're kind of choking things back. We're clogging lanes. I got you. Um, our, our big deal defensively is you know we want to try and figure out one, how do you enter your offensive set and then two, how do you reverse the floor on your offensive set and we want to try and disrupt those two things if we can and my, my guys you know, we've just been really fortunate the last few years they've been really really good at taking a scouting report and practice and then executing it in a game you know we'll we have a if the opponent has a set that they like that they try to go to a lot you know we'll talk about this is how they enter you know this is how they reverse it and here's the screening action and then i then i i, I say the guys all right we can guard this screen action this way. We can guard this way. What you guys feel most comfortable with, and then the players will talk amongst themselves. And, and hey, if we guard this this way, we guard this this way. You got to watch the step back on this. Got to watch this guy trying to, uh, you know, slip this right here. Um, and that, I think that helps them develop ownership in it and, and confidence in defending whatever that you know, particular action might be. I love that, giving the guys a little bit of ownership. And I don't know about you, but there's probably nothing more satisfying after a game where your players have executed a scouting report that you've put together. Isn't that the greatest feeling? <laughs> it, it is, and it, it, it gives the kids the feeling of uh, uh, accomplishment or feeling of, of that they, they've got a certain power about them that – you know, when that next scouting report comes along, right, they're all ears, they're all eyes, and they, they take it in. And you know, I, I tell the guys, our, our job as coaches is to prepare them. Their job as players is to go out and execute. And if they if they communicate well, they can do that. If, they, if we're quiet, we're, we're mediocre. We're like everybody else. But if we're communicating, we're talking with our mouths and talking with our hands, then we're as good as anybody around. And, and they, they fully believe that. That's great. That's really good. Now, uh, I guess the next topic, uh, and you mentioned one thing in regards to delegating, but what advice would you give uh, your younger self about coaching if you could give yourself advice now to to your younger self? Well, that, that delegating is, is a big part. Right. Man, you, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to do everything yourself. You can't do everything yourself at a high level. If you, you've got to be able to delegate through systems and you know, for that to happen, that, that trust test together. I, I'm in a fortunate situation where, you know, Coach Workman's been here uh, for about, I think, 11 or 12 years. So he was here when Coach McDade was here. Um, uh, Coach McCollum has been here with me for about eight or nine years. Coach Howell's been here about five or six years. 
So we we all know each other real well. We're all on the same page. We we get along great. We have good chemistry as, as a coaching staff, and I think that translates over to our players. Our players see that, and so they they kind of mimic that on, on the player level, that, that chemistry and that, that uh, ability to get along and, and listen to each other. I, I'm big on my guys. I tell them if the only people coaching are the coaches, we're not near as good as we can be because they're high IQ players. They, they know the game, and they've, they've got to communicate and coach each other. One, have enough courage to speak up and coach your teammate. And then two, if you're on the receiving end of that, open your ears and be receptive to it. And yeah. when, when, when you do that, then you know, that, that gives you an edge over a lot of teams. A lot of teams can't do that. No doubt. Yeah, that takes a lot of uh, discipline and some humility from your from your players. And uh, I think it's Tom Izzo that talks about player-led teams are better than coach-led teams. And so that I'm a believer in that. Yeah, that goes right along right along with that. Now, something else that we can we can kind of just uh, tag on to that is the you know when I watch your teams play, especially the last three years, there seems to be a really good balance between discipline and freedom just during the games and your players look like they're having fun. It looks like they're having so much fun. So how do you balance that within your program? The idea of discipline, cause you can get after your guys, you know, you and your coaching staff and, but then also giving them freedom with, with your style of play. So how do you kind of balance those two areas? Well, I mean, just from a, from a program, from a program standpoint, um, it, we don't have a whole lot of rules. I, I would say within our program, we have a lot of standards. Mm-hmm. We have expectations, and you know, what, one of my big things they hear a thousand times over four years is let let simple things be simple. What I mean by that is one, be where you're supposed to be; two, be on time; and three, work with others. I said most <laughs> kids in high school or adults in life, for that matter, if they if they have issues, it's because they're not what they're supposed to be. They can't be on time. Uh, on a regular basis or they can't work well with other people. And if, if they do those three simple things right there, that's going to clear up a lot of issues they might have uh, on the court or in the classroom or at home or, you know, whatever the situation might be. Uh, one, one of the other, you know, standards is, is that I, I tell the guys I, I need the three Bs. What I need to be by that is books, behavior, and basketball. Uh, i got to have all three. Uh, if you can't take care of the, the academics, you can't take care of the books, then it doesn't matter how good a player you are. It doesn't matter how good a kid you are. It's, it's not going to work. You know, if you can't, if you can't behave. You can't handle your behavior. It doesn't matter if you can pass your classes or get A's and B's. And you're a great player, but if you can't act right, it's not going to work. And it, you know, if you don't have the basketball part, you're a great guy and you're a good student. Well, then we'll find another spot for you. you can help <laughs> the manager or, right. or something like that. Um, but I, you know, but that's important. And the other big thing I, I'm big on my guys with is is having a positive impact on people around them. You know, they, I make a big deal about, you know, people want to be a part of Timberview basketball. And mm-hmm. because of that, you know, you, you gain a lot of attention, uh, some notoriety and things like that, but responsibility comes with that. And you need to make sure and use that position of influence and have as positive impact on people around you as you can. Uh, I tell my guys all the time, my grandpa used to tell me, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Right. I, I think that's a, a big deal that the kids need to buy into, and that makes things a lot 
more simple for them. They surround themselves with the right kind of people, then they're going to head in the right kind of direction. If they surround themselves with the wrong kind of people, they're going to head in the wrong kind of direction. No doubt. Uh, now, you know, those, those are just some of the standards uh, that we have as far as the program goes. On the court, uh, you mentioned the balance of discipline and freedom. I, I, just, I just want the guys to, to play their strength. You know, the, the game is not the time for you to try and go do things you can't do well. You know, I tell the guys, play to your strengths, hide your weaknesses, keep it a secret. So whatever it is you're not good at, don't make it obvious. <laughs> you know, and, and the kids, you know, they've, they've bought into that. And that's, they understand if you're, you're a good three-point shooter and you step in your shot and you're in rhythm, knock it down. You know, if, if that's not something you do well, then you don't need to be jacking it up. You know, you, you need to make the extra pass. You know, but, uh, but whatever your strength is, you're a great ball handler, um, then you, you can look to attack more versus someone who, who's not such a great ball handler. You know, but I think a lot of it is just letting the game be simple and, and just uh, say, play to your strengths and keep your weaknesses a secret. That's good. I like your three Bs, the books, behavior, and basketball. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about Big Baller Brand for a second there. I like yours. No. I like. <laughs> I like. No, I like. I like yours better. Uh, and that. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but uh, in regards to your your program, if you keep things simple and the guys buy into this, then I'm assuming that that eliminates some of the drama that can go along with really successful high school teams at the big school level. Would you agree with that? I mean, if your guys are bought into this, then as a coaching staff, you're maybe not having to deal with a lot of the drama that can follow successful teams. Yeah, that was one of the just most beautiful things about this season that that just finished. You know, we we went 38-2 and won our second state championship in three years, and not one time this entire season that I have to call a guy in the office and talk about attitude or ego or anything like that. It, it, it didn't rear its head once, literally, and that, that's a hard thing to believe in this day and age. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they, 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 they buy into the let the simple thing be simple. They buy into the three Bs. And, and uh, you know, when, when I was telling you, if you've got a clear mind, uh, you have a much higher chance to be successful if you got a cloudy mind you're just full of trying trying to remember you know what story did I tell here what what am I trying to cover up there <laughs> uh, if your mind's clear and you're just letting things be simple then things can be pretty easy yeah yeah well you guys made it made it look easy this season and and like I said I saw you play a couple times at the Waterburger tournament we were in the small school division so we had a chance to watch you in the big school uh then we also, you know, at the state tournament. But what is uh, what does the spring look like for for you and your program? Late March after spring break, uh, going into early May when when school's kind of winding down before final exams. What are some things that you're focused on with your with your program? We're probably a little bit different from other folks. Uh, a typical week for us, you know, we we have what I call mental Mondays. Uh, where you know, so, so many of my guys play AAU on the weekend. They'll go to a tournament out of town somewhere and they'll play, you know, four or five or six games in a weekend or something like that. And they're, they're like, let's last weekend a bunch of them were in New Orleans. Yeah. And so when they when they get back on a Monday, we, we have what I call mental Mondays where we, we don't get on the court. Um, we take the entire program down to the library. 
and we'll have some sort of a, a character lesson or leadership uh, activity that we do or something like that. And that's kind of where we start building our chemistry for the next season. We start that the spring prior to that, to that school year. And uh, I, I think that's something we started doing that about the last four or five years ago, and we've seen a lot of success uh, doing that, you know, those, those mental Mondays. I tell the guys, I'm giving your body a break, then I need you engaged mentally the whole time we're down there. And then you know, that, that's what a Monday might look like. We'll, we'll have uh, one or two days of uh, our boot camp, our boot camp, maybe 12 total days of boot camp. Um, and there's a weight room component, there's a basketball skills court component, and there's a metal toughness courts component. That's the one I do, the mental toughness one. Mm-hmm. And we just, you know, put them through different things on those boot camp days that they're in groups of three and they rotate through each station. And uh, that would be, you know, one or maybe two days in, in a given week. And then uh, the other couple days, you know, might be some skills work that we're doing. Uh, Fridays we tend to play. And in the last couple of years, I've, I've had them play three on three, more so than five on five. Um, I, just, I just like some of the the obvious thinking they have to do when it's three on three. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've got to be more mindful. They can't just kind of be out there like they sometimes might be five on five. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of what a, a week might look like for us in, you know, April or, or May. That's really good. Yeah. Then, you know, and you got to fit to the, the strengths of your team and what your guys need. It's the spring for a lot of coaches is a needs assessment. And it sounds like you're figuring out what your guys need at that time without, without wearing them out because boy, the, the, you know, the burnout for high school athletes is so much greater than it was um, than when we played, you know, 15 years ago for me or 20 years ago for you. It's just, it's ridiculous how guys just get burned out and it, it shows in how they play and how excited they are, you know, it takes the fun away. And so sounds like you're doing a good job of balancing that with your guys in the, with as much AAU that they're playing. So I'm, I'm sure that helps you and it helps them. I, I, I know, I know that it helps them. I, I've seen the results in the last few years of those mental Mondays and the, the, the chemistry and the, and the leadership we get to teach on those Mondays. I mean, granted, we're giving up, we're giving up floor time on those Mondays, but uh, I think I get a bigger return uh, from that chemistry and leadership standpoint than I would by trying to, you know, drag them through a workout if they play five games over the weekend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it makes you a good guy there uh, in the spring. I would think you can kind of be the good. You can be the good cop for once. Well, I mean, I, I say now I'm giving your body breaks. So I need your brain. <laughs> you know, and they're and they're but they're they're good about that. And I think they appreciate that. Well, that's good. Well, Coach, I know when we were uh, emailing earlier, you said you didn't know if you could talk for 30 minutes, but we're well on our way. You're doing a great job. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you, thank you for allowing us to talk to you. Is there anything else that maybe we missed, or anything that you feel uh, would help some of the coaches? We have about a thousand high school coaches on the on the website that that'll have an opportunity to listen to this. So, is there anything that you can think of that may be helpful to them uh, going into the going into the summer? Oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but yeah, I mean, I I, I just think uh, some, something that I've clued into, you know, some years back is, you know, I, I like them being in my gym some during the summer, as long as they're in a gym somewhere, get getting some work done. 
Um, that, that's the main thing is that as long as they're not sitting on the couch, you know, <laughs> you know, watching cartoons and eating cookies or something like that. They're out there working on something and, and uh, you know, they're, they're working on the right kinds of things. You know, I, I think those, those summers can be beneficial. And it, it's too, I, I've really started to, to gravitate towards getting my young guys in the gyms more in the spring and summer because a lot of times the older guys are all, uh, you know, consumed with, with their AAU stuff, which isn't bad. There's positive aspects to it and negative aspects to it. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just having the gym open, they, they know there's a safe haven here at Timber they can always come to. And that's, I would think that's something that any coach would want to create in their program. Yeah, so when you talk about your younger guys, are you talking mainly like uh, freshmen, like incoming freshmen, freshmen going into sophomore year, or are you getting an opportunity to see some of your junior high guys as well? I opened up the junior high guys too. Cool. We, we got one junior high that, that uh, feeds us, Coble Middle School, and uh, you know, I, I get the word out to those guys that have gyms open and you want to come up and, and shoot and, and, you know, Work out some skills and things like that. More welcome to. You want to get games going? You get games going, but we'll we'll set up. We got two of those uh, shooting machines. The guys right. will set that up in the JB gym, and they can work on that stuff in there and uh, work on their shot, or they can come over and play in the main gym. And um, you know, it's just kind of open to however they want to do it. You know, and, uh, my my wife is the principal of our intermediate school that feeds us, and so every once in a while they'll be a you know, one of the varsity, a high school guy or a middle school guy, I have a little brother that goes to Eisenhower at this intermediate school, and they'll, they'll all come up. And I figure that the younger they're up here, the more they're around, the better off it is later on down the road. That's for sure. I was uh, doing a podcast with uh, Coach uh, Joe Lombard, and he had a great quote about two things that I, I'm sure you'll agree with. He said that, that, uh, Developing your junior highs is the lifeblood of your program, and having a great defense is the backbone. I loved, I, I loved that. So I think you're definitely developing both of those. I appreciate that. Coaches, thank you again for tuning into the Pound the Rock podcast. Tune in next time for more great content regarding planning, developing, and coaching the game that we love. As always, I would like to thank our sponsors and HardwoodTexas.com, allowing us to get our basketball fixed 24-7, 365. Thank you again for listening, and make today a great day.